Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome you to December 22nd, 2022. Um, here, It's very chilly here today because our temperature is down below 27 and we've got lots of wind going on so it is going to be a very chilly day and they expect that we may have some freezing rain today. So if you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and T-R-90, or Frank Lomas, the uh, um, let's see, Frank Lomas Solutions, the Digit Four Anti Aging could also get them to pop up. They're now archived back more than eleven years. The last couple of years, we've actually been putting in uh, host name, date, and what the topic of the call was. So, if you're looking for a specific topic, you can sort through it that way. If you are listening to this and it's a podcast and you wish to pick us up live, if you dial in at the appropriate time to 712-775-8972 and when it prompts for the six-digit code, put in 910022. You can join us live and we would be thrilled to have you. Um, like I say, these calls are archived and uh, we're always looking for thoughts, comments, questions, things that might help you with your TR90 lifestyle. That lifestyle, when you're first starting out, is that one really good clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals, taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible. If it's not possible, take them with your meal. Still work, just not quite as effective as it would be if you had it on board in your system. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That gives you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily to keep their digestive systems in good, healthy order. And ladies, we need to be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily. So there it is. Um, drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is about one ounce of fluid for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be taking in about uh, about 50 grams of flu- uh, 50 ounces of fluid daily, unless you're exercising heavily or you're in a humid area, and then you'll need to increase that to offset what you're losing in body moisture. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That really helps set your, uh, clears out a lot of toxins. Your body body does a lot of system resets while you're sleeping, uh, stores memories, and really helps with um, getting things in a good spot for you. With that being said, it helps you make great decisions the next day. So, Getting that good sleep is really important. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week is part of this lifestyle change. And 
It can be whatever exercise you would like. If you like gardening, housework, uh, walking, find something that um, really does it for you and stick with it because that is the important thing. Um, I like to mix it up between both aerobic and weight-bearing just because I want to have good balance as I get older. (coughs) And since I'm getting into those senior years, I want to make sure I'm good and healthy. And I'm not going to be prone to having falls. With that being said, I've been sharing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, LSMSL. And I was sharing with you um, some of the things that cause us to be addicted to food, which happens to be the salt, the fat, the caffeine, and the sugar, especially in those processed foods, and particularly in your um, fast foods. So we're going to jump into deconstructing Darwin a little bit here so that you have a little more background on the food addiction part of this. There is some evidence that sugar may be addicted to humans. Experimental studies show that obese subjects will use sugar to treat psychological symptoms overweight women who were self-reported carbohydrate cravers reported greater relief from various mood disorders in response to a carbohydrate-containing beverage as compared to a protein drink. But perhaps the best evidence for an opiate-like effect of sugar is the product of sweet ease. This is a sugar solution into which hospitals dip pacifiers for newborn babies Uh, newborn boys undergoing circumcision to reduce the pain of the procedure. Evolutionary sweetness was the signal to our ancestors that something was safe to eat because no sweet foods are acutely poisonous. Even Jamaican vomiting sickness occurs only after the consumption of unripe ackee fruit, which is not sweet. So we gravitate to sweetness as a default. How many times do parents have to introduce a new food before a baby will accept it? About 10 to 13 times. But if that new food is sweet, how many times do you have to introduce it? Only once. And if a sucrose solution on a pacifier can provide enough analgesia for performing circumcision, That's an evolutionary winner, isn't it? You may have heard of the Gross National Happiness Index, an indicator that measures quality of life or social progress in more psychological terms than it does economic indicator of the gross domestic product, or the GDP. By all accounts, America is not very happy. Despite having the highest GDP, we score 40 fourth on the happiness index. Of course, our workaholic attitudes, Americans are afforded the least vacation time in the developed world, and the recent economic downturn all contribute to our unhappiness 
but could our unhappiness be related to our food? By all estimations, obese people are not happy. The question is whether their unhappiness is a cause or a result of their obesity. At this point, we can't say for sure. It is entirely possible that both are correct, and here is how. Happiness is not just an aesthetic state. Happiness is also a biochemical state mediated by the neurotransmitter serotonin. The serotonin hypothesis argues that deficiency of the brain serotonin causes severe clinical depression, which is why selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, which increase brain serotonin, such as Welbutrin and Prozac, are used as a treatment. Interestingly, these medications are also used for obesity. One way to increase a serotonin synthesis in the brain is to eat lots of carbohydrates. You can see where this is going. If you're serotonin deficient, you're going to want to boost your serotonin any way you can. Eating more carbohydrates, especially sugar, initially does double duty. It facilitates serotonin transport. It substitutes pleasure for happiness in the short term. But as the D2 receptors downregulate, more sugar is needed for the same effect. The insulin resistance drives leptin resistance, and the brain thinks it's starved, driving a vicious cycle of a consumption to generate a meager pleasure in the face of persistent unhappiness. And this is a vicious cycle can only happen and can happen to anyone. Just substitute a little pleasure for a little unhappiness and presto. Addiction in no time at all. There is one obvious hole in this thesis, and I'm sure that you've been chopping at the bits on it throughout this entire chapter. Can anyone become addicted to fast food? Anyone in America eats fast food, but not everyone is addicted. With narcotics, chronic use pretty much assures addiction. Ask Rush Limbaugh about his Oxycontin. But fast food doesn't fit this paradigm. There are lots of habitual fast food consumers who can stop if they wished. Instead, is there a subset of people who are addictable who have chosen food as their preferred substance of abuse. This might explain why people who stop smoking start eating. Doctors started are starting to come around to the concept of food addiction. Nora Volkow, the head of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, or NIDA, N-I-D-A, is on record supporting the concept of food addiction. Not everyone is sold on the idea that obesity and addiction are related. For instance, in 2012, a British group challenged the obesity addiction model, arguing that not all obese people demonstrate addiction and that not all obese people have reduced dopamine receptors on the neuroimaging. And rats are not humans, although, of course, some humans are rats. By, the to- by that token, not everyone who drinks becomes an alcoholic. But we do know that some people become addicted. So what's your verdict? 
Is Salvador addicted to his soda? Is fast food addictive? After treating obese children for the last 15 years, I can categorically say that there are loads of people who can't kick the habit. In fact, it's more likely that children are unable to, perhaps because they were raised on the stuff or because their brains are more susceptible. There are several caveats to declaring fast food addictive. How often do you partake, consistently or intermittently? With whom do you partake, with your family or alone? And what do you order? How old are you? And most important, do you have a soda or a sweet tea in the southeastern United States with your meal? I've laid out the data and demonstrate the fat and salt intake that the appeal of the fast food meal, but it's the sugar and the caffeine that are the true hooks. We'll come back to this time and again throughout the rest of this as this is where the action is. And with that, um, tomorrow I'll be picking up stress and comfort food. I want to direct you to um, Facebook One Team Global Live where one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business and what some of the new changes are that are coming to the new skin world. If you have any thoughts or comments or questions, once I take us off mute, I would be thrilled and open to welcome them. If you send me a text to 503-502-4863, that number again is 502. 502- I will respond back to you. This is Susan Mann for December 22nd, 2022, signing out and thrilled that you were able to join us this morning and hope that you can come back tomorrow for the next bit. So there we have it, my friends. How those four things, that salt, the fat, the caffeine, and the sugar all work together to potentially become, make some of us who have addictive behaviors become addicted to that fast food stuff. If there are no other thoughts or comments at the top, um, I will let you go. I look forward to having you back with me again tomorrow. I hope you have a great day. And for those of you that aren't coming back tomorrow, hopefully you'll have a good Hanukkah or a good um, Christmas or a good Kwanzaa, whichever you celebrate. With that, this is Susan Mann. Bye.